Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. We have been discussing the series Like Father Like Sons for a while, and today definitely being an interactive one. Um, I, I am not sure if anyone has a question or if there are questions lined up. Um, but what I would do is, in the meantime, I will um, maybe at least do a summary around it. Then hopefully maybe I might, I, I did recall saying I was going to maybe ask one or two questions just to um, ascertain that at least we are following. Um, one reason why I, I would want a situation whereby everyone is carried along is because I just don't want this platform or this what we do here to be a place where people just come to hear one person talk, 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 or teach, 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 teach. Um, at least the, the, the platform or the medium in which we, we're meeting now, um, even if we have, when we eventually, or if when we eventually start meeting in person, or if we have in-person meeting, I would always give rooms whereby people would ask. And as, as much as I, yes, it's mainly on the series that we just thought about, but I am def, I, I think I can also give room to um, people to be able to ask, you know, maybe one or two questions that are off topics as well. And the reason for this, I know I've also talked about it, is such that, you know, someone's question might be what helps another person in a particular area or... Um, the discussions we're going to have here definitely might help or uh, boost someone's faith such that, you know, we don't just go into the next line of uh, conversation that we are having or that we will be having, but, hey, we, we take time to at least uh, come around to discuss. But, um, you know, the intention um, of the series, like Father, Like Sons, you know, I think I, we taught four, either four to five parts, various topics. Um, uh, from what I have here in my notes, I have like father, like sons, the adoption of sons, um, the God kind of faith. We also talked about intentional living, uh, how we, where we dealt into how the life begins at salvation, and salvation definitely is in the person of Christ. So I'm going to give room. Um, if anyone have any question that you want us to talk about, you want to ask, please let me know. Now, for those maybe listening to the recording and maybe didn't get that, you know, someone just asked a question. When we're talking about um, one of the topics in the, uh, what's the name? Intentional living. It was one of the topics under like father, like son. Well, from one of the things he asked, he said, he said, well, our lives must be lived, or if I'm to paraphrase, now, if I remember how I put it, our lives must be um, lived intentionally and to be a copy of Christ, ultimately God. And um, yeah, yeah, well, pretty much, if you, if I recall some of the things that were said, definitely we are going to look at scriptures. Um, and your part B means, you also talked about the ministry of reconciliation, which the Bible categorically now says that we now have. Now, first things first, part A our lives to be a reflection of Christ and ultimately God. The truth is, you know, when you look at what God or what Christ came to do, you know, 
what Christ came to do. Pretty much the basics from John 3.16. John 3.16. Let's just even start from there. Um, John 3.16, obviously, it's a popular scripture, but there's something that I want to extract from there to use to answer this. Now, this was Jesus himself um, saying this to Nicodemus when he said, Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have, but have, but have. You know, that was what I wanted to, 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 to highlight there. If you're listening to this or everyone in this um, interactive session this morning, you need to understand that a Christian is not one who is a Christian by the definition of him being born in a Christian home. You are not a Christian because you're you were born in a simply because you were born in a Christian home. You're not just a Christian because you were ultimately uh, given. If your name can be Simon, Titus, whatever the Christian book. No, you know. And um, the Bible clearly states here. He says the intention of God for Christ to come would be such that, as you can see here, for God so loved the world. God is actually in love with the world. You know, you know, there is something I know I've, I've once thought about. God loves the sinner, but hates sin. God loves the sinner, but hates sin. God is in love with the world. That's why when you read further, the Bible says, even in verse 19 of the same John 3, the Bible says in verse 18, he that believed on him is not condemned. You understand? You see that? So the Bible expressly says, shows us that God sent Christ into the world, not to condemn the world, but that. Through Christ, men might be reconciled unto him. So, when the Bible comes here and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have. And if you notice one of the things he said there, that they will have. It's called everlasting life. Now, I've said there, you know, everlasting life is not, is not, um, <laughs> everlasting life is not just a title. It's not just a title. Everlasting life is a person. Everlasting life is the nature of a person. And that person itself is God. And that's why I remember I said a very profound statement a, long, a while back in one of the teachings I can't remember now. I said a Christian is one that lives forever. You know, a Christian is one by the definition of what the Bible teaches and what we've gotten through Christ. A Christian is one that lives forever. Why? Because you know, um, um, and that's why it, when you die outside Christ, you know, the Bible talks about the rewards already. It's eternal damnation. And that's the reason why you don't want to be on that on that line. That's why the gospel definitely is a good news. Now, God, if you study the scripture long before now, even when God was talking about prophecies about his people, which he tried to depict through um, the children of Israel, God expressively said, I will be to them a people. You know, it's even there, even in the New, uh, New Testament, when God was talking about the likeness of his people than him. For example, if you look at Jeremiah, even back then when God was talking about it, let's quickly just run to um, Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 32. If you have a Bible close to you there, Jeremiah 32, which was a prophetic word that God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32 precisely. Jeremiah 32, 38. The Bible expressively comes here to say, okay, if you look at this in verse 38, when God was saying, okay, let's start from verse 37. It says, Behold, I will gather them out of all countries 
I will gather, I'm reading Jeremiah 32, starting from verse 37. The Bible says, Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whither I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury, in a great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Look at verse 39. I will give them one heart and one way, and they that that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will not turn away from them. Now, this is one of the scriptures. You know, this is one of those scriptures whereby you would see God talking about the relationship he wants to have with his people, with his people, such that you, you will probably not... Um, uh, see a child of God and you will not be able to say, wow, this one is not a child of God. It's not supposed to be. When you put your eyes on a Christian, when you put your eyes on a child of God, it, it is supposed to be so that it is evident. It is so, so, so evident. And that's why you will not understand the ministry of reconciliation because I will show you that as well. Because the Bible talked about to think that Christ was in, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Christ just came there to become the middle, the middle bridge. The middle bridge in the sense of every man that was lost. And that's why one of the things you said even in the questions that I talked about in intentional living was that one of the greatest things that can ever happen to anyone is to live outside Christ or to live outside God or to not know who he is in Christ. Because I've discovered that and that's why, you know, you know, you know recently I've been discussing with my wife, there is just this burden in my spirit um, a very hold, strong burden. She can testify to this. I just told her last night. There is just this burden in my spirit about the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. I don't know. There is just something that doesn't just leave me. And I'm saying that because, you know, even this morning, I still read 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 3, verse 1 there about. When the Bible says in the, in the message translation, it says in the last days, it will be hard to be a Christian. A lot of things will go around and, you know, I don't want to go into that chapter now, but I've discovered that as long as you are close to the word of God, as long as you have a full knowledge of God's word, you will see these things before they come. You will have an understanding of these things. That's the reason why, listen, when you are a non-believer, the, the, the preaching of the gospel is such that you come into Christ. But at the same time, don't be a Christian and be an ignorant Christian. Somebody needs to put that down. Don't be a Christian and be an ignorant Christian. Listen, if there is, I, I don't know how else to shout this. Nothing, God has never designed anything. You might please help me put some of these words in the timeline for those that are not here. So at least they can also get blessed by this. God has never designed anything, anything to put down or pull down any Christian or any believer. Nothing. That's why the Bible says, categorically. He said, there is no weapon formed or fashioned against us that will be able to, or that shall be able to prosper. But if a Christian lives in ignorance, you have, you have, because God cannot, he, he, God cannot take back his words. He cannot. Ignorance is what would, what would um, uh, sniff the life of faith from you. Ignorance is what would not boost your confidence. And that's why I said, you living not knowing who you are in Christ is also a dangerous path. Why? Because here now the Bible talks about God, God speaking in Jeremiah. He said, I will be to them God and they will be to me a people. Let me show you another scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians. Now let's go to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 6. 
This is another conversation. But look at the way this, this conversation is, um, is, is, is put. The Bible says, verse 14, um, be, okay, let's just start from verse 14. That's not really the, the emphasis, but let's just start. Okay, let's start from verse 13. I like something here. The Bible says here, um, now, for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged, verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15, what, con what concord has Christ with Baal? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? Verse 16 is actually what I wanted to go into. Verse 16 now. What agreement is the temple of God with idols? Now, you might read this and think, okay, maybe they're talking about one building somewhere. Well, let's keep reading. He said, for ye are the temple of the living God. Did you see that? That is not a suggestion to a Christian. The scriptures here is not telling you, it's not giving you an idea. It's giving you facts. It's giving you facts. Every Christian is a temple <laughs> built or is a temple is 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 an inhabitant or a habitat of god that's why when we talk about like father like sons the father we talked about i think other sons of adoption or so i can't recall now we live in him he lives in us i remember reading one of those scriptures and i can't remember this precise verse but that's the truth the christian is not one who should think or should be um, having this okay is it does god live in me who am i to go no when you start entertaining those kind of thoughts it it, 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 it kills your morale if there's anything like that it dampens your identity uh, mentality that's the reason why when the bible says here that for ye are the temple of the living god and god has said i will dwell in them i will walk in them can you did you see that did you see that? Now, this is the New Testament now. So it's to make you understand that even before Christ came into the scene, God had a bigger picture for every Christian. Every Christian. And that's why I first started with John 3.16. He said, he that believe will have, have, have. The Christian is not one that is thinking of having eternal life. The Christian is not one that is praying to have eternal life. Because there are certain things as well that is not a prayer. For example, people come around and say, oh, let us pray that we make heaven. That is error. 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 And you see now, you know, this gift is jumping out again. You don't, prayer is not what makes you make heaven. It's a confession of the personality of the Lord, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible never told us in, in, in Romans that they should pray and pray. No, no, no. It says with the heart, man believe. With the heart, man believe. With the mouth, confession is made unto with the heart, man believe. With the mouth, confession is made unto. It is still your mouth that transports you through faith and believing in what Christ has done for you. Is what puts you in that status of what God said concerning you. That's why Christians, listen, nothing you will do out of your own physical strength can ever get you saved. If it was by physical strength, if it was by physical effort, if it was by physical things, man will still be trying till tomorrow. And that's what is the full definition of religion. And that's why Christianity, by definition of standard of man's form of religion, Christianity is not a religion. Religion is man trying everything in their own possible way to reconcile back to God. No, Christianity is God extending his arm, pulling man back. And that's where reconciliation is coming in.
So when the Bible thing says that to think that God was in Christ, don't forget what I said, God extending his arm. But now what we see it in form is we see that arm of extension in the personality of Christ Jesus. That's why I keep saying, don't take your salvation for granted. Don't take your relationship with God for granted. Don't ever. You cannot be too busy, too busy to the point whereby you are too busy to invest in things that pertain to your eternal eternity. That's why a lot of people, listen, the devil in this day and age is, is putting out a lot of things. Put, and I think that's the reason why I'm having this burden in my spirit. As Christians, we cannot fold our hands. We cannot fold our hands. Every day, there is always something that wants to discourage you from faith. There is always something that always wants to maybe occupy your time that you're supposed to spend with the things of God. And that's why the Bible says, child of God, our fight is not with the devil. Our fight is not with any adversary. The only fight the Bible instructs us as Christians to fight, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The only fight the Bible has illustrated for us Christians is the fight of faith. It's not the fight with any devil or fight with any adversary. It's the fight of faith. It's that fight whereby when it's cold, it's freezing, you don't even want to get out of bed to go worship the Lord. That right there, brother, is the fight of faith. That right there is the fight that is the part of saying, you know what? I am remaining on this um, this faith journey. Nothing is taking me out. Nothing is pulling me. Is distracting me. Nothing is because listen, it, the Bible talks about he that had, that would endure it to the very end. The Bible says the same shall be saved. You know, those are the words that are pumping out in my spirit right now. But it's, it, it's, I cannot just help myself. The Bible says he that shall endure to the very end. That sin shall be saved. That's why as a pastor, I need to ensure everybody is in church. Everybody must be. Because listen, it would be in my place to teach so that my, even my own conscience would be free. And at the same time, it would be in my place to make sure if mountains are crumbling, I am here teaching the word. We are here putting faith in your spirit so that the one who is walking, strolling, who is a bit discouraged about something, when you come to church or when you come to the congregation of the sons of God or you come to the gathering of saints, when the word has been preached, faith will be shared. Faith will be ignited. So when the Bible talks about here in 2 Corinthians 6 in verse 16, it says, when it calls, when it says, what agreement is the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temples of the living God. I hope you hear me. Listen, that is why no pastor, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, no pastor has any and has anything to do with motivating God's children. There is no such a thing as motivation and faith. Faith tells you who you are. Period. It is not trying to motivate you. It is not trying to ginger you. It is not trying to hype you. No, that's why it would be a very disservice to you, child of God, to not believe God. It will be a disservice to you not to believe God. When a preacher comes to you and tells you who you are, he's not, you know one thing I said to myself, I said, listen, God through his word, I've done the job of every preacher. The only thing, the responsibility of a preacher is to act, you put flesh to what has already been given. Praise the Lord. I'm not here trying to school you or trying to motivate you to tell you what you already are. My job is just to put flesh to what God has already said unto you so that you say, wow, someone once said this to me and that logos becomes rema in your spirit. Praise the Lord. It becomes rema in your spirit so that you can look at yourself in the mirror and when the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, you are the temple of the living God, it's not God trying to motivate or trying to try. So when I say 
um, a Christian, you, you will be doing yourself a great disservice if you look at yourself and all you think is I'm just that lad with a British passport, I'm just that lad with an American or a South African passport, all that there is to me is what is limited by this. Child of God, rise up from that thought. Rise up from that thought. Rise up from that thought. Because listen, until you yourself, the word of God becomes life unto you, it will be hard for you to pass life to others. I'm going to let that sink. Until the very word becomes life to you, until that word itself becomes life to you, it will be very hard for you to pass life onto others. And that's where the ministry of reconciliation comes in. Because one thing you need to understand, when Christ was on the cross, he was going through all of that because the life that was in him, that he was the only one abhorring that life, he was the only one um, putting that life, that life now he needed to pass it on to others. And that's the reason why he had to die. He had to die, but he did not remain in that grave for what the prophecy had said. Not because of any reason, it was because of you and I. So when the Bible says, to think that God was in Christ. As a matter of fact, now let's answer the second part of the question. Uh, oh, glory to God. I hope you are learning something. So when the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.19. Now let's jump to 2 Corinthians 5.19. Don't forget, I'm still going to come back to this 2 Corinthians 6. But quickly, let's borrow from 2 Corinthians 5 in 19. I'm still coming back to this 2 Corinthians 6, but let me show you the, the, this reconciliation question that you asked so that we will understand that, listen, God has perfected everything that concerns every Christian. That's why we, don't, we cannot afford to stay in ignorance. Now, the Bible says that, where are you? 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 19. Now, the Bible says, let us start from, uh, let us start from verse 17. Therefore... Everyone, <laughs> everyone listening, everyone hearing this, everyone on the podcast, those listening on the WhatsApp, wherever medium you're hearing this vessel from, put your gaze on 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if any man, any man, whether you are Swahili, whether you are, you are Indian, whether you are Puerto Rican, whatever it is, God made provisions for you. Glory to God. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Stop there. Stop there. I said something seven minutes ago. Listen, God is not going to help you higher than the words he has given to you. That's why I said, as Christians, we would do ourselves a great disbelief. A great disbelief if we do not believe, a great disservice, I mean, if we do not believe God the way he has said it concerning us. That's where your faith is needed. And trust me when I say, that is the only thing the devil is after. Don't be deceived to think, and I'm telling you this prophetically. Every Christian listening to me, I understand some of you, you are even battling with your health. Listen, I'm not here to no one to, you know, one of my sons is not here. And I was telling my wife, so I think yesterday that I hope he's still in faith because I know I taught him right. I'm not one of those pastors who will be somewhere thinking, oh, one of my sons is doing something. No, no, no. I know fully well I have taught everyone right. I have never opened the Bible one day to try to uh, bamboozle or try to, uh, whatever those lingua are, every time I open the scripture is to give life. And I know the importance of that because I have seen the word of God work for me as well. And that's the reason why when we take the things of God, we put it to heart. Listen, it is impossible for you to be defeated if you're a man of faith. It is impossible because it is not a man trying to tell you my words will come to pass. We're talking about God here. The Bible says if a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It is either you believe God or not. 
You might be from, from a particular town. You might be from this. You might even be going through certain issues. But I tell you what the devil is after is your faith. You might even be going through certain situations. The accounts are not lining up yet. The, 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 the rent are not coming in time. The, the job is not coming in due time. I remember I told one of my daughters, a while back, I told her, listen, I know you've not gotten the job yet, and I know that you are withdrawing. And I said to her, I said, you will remember this day, that job will come. It will come. And when it will come, I remember categorically when I told her, you would realize that what the adversary wanted to do is to check your relationship with God. It was never about the job. It was never about that. What you do in the days of crisis, watch it. What you do, child of God, in the days of going through persecution, when the days of going through challenges, the days of going through um, hearts, whatever, whatever it is, watch it clearly. Because I'll be honest with you, if the car is not coming and you want to take God on down, you want to take it on God because the cars are not coming or because the whatever it is not coming, nothing is too hard for the Lord to do. That's what the Bible said. The Bible, the angel told me, he says, for we got nothing. If there was something impossible for God, the Bible would have told us. As long as the Bible said, for with God, not with your pastor. Not with your man of God, your woman of God. No, that's why. Listen, my responsibility is to push you to Him, such that even me going to Him, the Bible says, "For with God, nothing shall be impossible." With God, nothing shall be impossible, and that is the person we are supposed to imitate. So when we're talking about like father, like sons, the traits, the traits, the traits of the Godhead needs to reflect in every Christian. Whether your title is a pastor, your title is an apostle, your title is just a child of God, it does not matter. When we talk about like father, like sons, the traits of God needs to replicate it, be replicated in you. Because if that trait is in there, for you to walk in the ministry of reconciliation becomes easy. 17, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, how can you say something like that in 17 and then you leave all of us hanging? No, he didn't. Then he continued in verse 18. He says, and all things, all things, all things. Listen, I feel my faith also just rising right now. Nothing ever overpowers God. The Bible says in 18, all things are of God. All things. So now you understand, when you start to function in that ministry, he's telling you the one that has the power of all things in that ministry. The Bible says in 18, in 17, in 18, sorry, he says, all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself by Jesus. How is this not clear? This is not a, so when I tell you that we, we, we are in his presence, the Christian, by default, he's not even meant to go around and say, Lord, you know, as we come into your presence. No, the Christian is not one that is coming into his presence. The Christian is one that has already been brought into his presence. There is a difference. And that's why, listen, that's why I kept saying things, like I said things earlier that the ministry of the word, the ministry of the word, the ministry of the word, the Bible says, thou art cleansed. Through the words that are spoken unto you. The only thing that cleanse ignorance is the word. The only thing that cleanse unbelief is the word. The only thing that cleanse powerlessness is the word. The Bible says, so as the word was mightily preached, 
So the word began, as the word was preached, great things started happening in the book of Acts. The Bible says, so mightily was the word and it what prevailed. It prevailed. So mightily was the word. So the more of the word you expose people to. Listen, it's like a chain reaction. That's why the Bible says the word that I speak unto you, they are not constitutional words. They are not motivational words. They are not. He says the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits. They are spirits and they are life. They are spirits and they are life. So when the Bible comes here and says, all things are of God who has reconciled us, who has reconciled us back to himself by Jesus. He did not stop there. The same traits, the same traits, because when he says who has reconciled us back to himself by Jesus, you need to understand something. He didn't stop there for the person who asked the question. What did he say? He said he has now given us the same ministry of reconciliation. He has given us the same ministry of reconciliation. So listen, child of God, Christian listening to me, whatever your name is, let me bust your bubble right now. What you have was the same thing that Jesus had that allowed you to come to God. I'm going to let that digest. Because the Bible says here, to answer the question of the person who asked, the Bible says in verse 18, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. How did he do it? By Christ Jesus. Because now that you are back in the presence of God, now that you are in his presence, the same two that gave way for you to come, he says that same two, now you have it. And I can as well symbolize or from my knowledge of mathematical equations, if the ministry of reconciliation was in Christ Jesus, and I am in Christ Jesus, that was how I came back to God. So that means if Christ is in me, and the Bible says this ministry of reconciliation that was in Christ Jesus, which was how I came to God, now the same Christ is in me, that's why I'm a Christian. Will it be right to say, if Christ is in me, then the ministry of reconciliation is in me. That's how the Bible says in verse 18. He has also given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Why and how did we get it? Because Christ now lives in us. So when we speak, we speak as Christians, not because we just want to be tied to called Christians. The Bible says in the book of Acts, the Christians, were, the, 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 the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Why? Not because they printed banners. Not because they wore t-shirts to be called Christians. Every time they spoke, men heard Christ speaking through them. And in case you've not, if we, if we are even going to go deeper, listen, check the scriptures. There is no difference between Christ and God. That's why the Bible says, and this spirit, when we call it the, the three dimension, listen, there are some deep teachings that is supposed to be what is being taught in the, in the various churches right now to make men understand that, listen, when you look at yourself, child of God, always look at yourself from the third dimension realm, 3D. 3D, so that, that is what you carry around. Because I just told you right now, when you look at 2 Corinthians 17, the equation of the ministry of reconciliation is the summary of one person, Christ. Because without Christ, there will never be a reconciliation to God. That's why when anybody tells you that there are other ways to God, be very careful. As a matter of fact, pack your Bible, 
whether you borrowed the Bible, you rented it, whatever, anybody who preaches to you that there is another way to God besides Christ, run. You don't even need to pray to God to ask because the Bible expressively told us Jesus is the last vocabulary. Read the Hebrew. The Hebrew author wrote it. Jesus is the last expression of God to man. He's not going to see anything outside, any other thing outside Christ. And the Bible expressively, expressively says, let nobody think Jesus is coming to die again. No, it's not going to happen. That's why when anybody comes around trying to, <laughs> you know, be very, very, we need to be very, very careful. There are places right now whereby you see people just come, they want to sing, they talk about, oh, God, 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 uh, Lord, Lord, which is fine. But be very, very careful about people who cannot categorically talk about the person of Jesus, talk about the person of Christ. Talk, talk, listen, it's not everything that glitters that is gold. And it's not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. Jesus himself said it. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. The Bible says, in that day, I will deny them. Because what certain people called Lord, <laughs> you need to be watching. The Bible talks about there are certain people. The so-called Lord is their belly. It's there in the Bible. It's there. So when we're talking about what we have as Christians, it's not just that we have the life of God that dwells on the inside of us. We have that very ministry. That's why the Bible, let's keep reading. He says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm teaching good. I know that because I, right now I feel this cloud around me. And the reason why I, I trust God for that cloud is not so that it can come to just make me, um, give me certain strength. And I pray that that same cloud, that same grace falls upon every listener right now so that it causes a change in your Christian work. Listen, I want to see revival in my lifetime. I want to see it. I want to see those things. Because listen, I said I preached the gospel one time, the goodness of God. For some reason, that scripture, that sermon has been coming back to my spirit. I think there's something God wants me to preach about that same sermon. The goodness of God. Listen, in this wicked dimension of the world that we are in right now, some of us are still about to testify about God's goodness. And that goodness, listen, child of God, if God has been good to you, hear what this prophet is saying unto you. Don't keep mute about it. And I'm going to say this prophetically. If God has been good to any Christian in the world right now that has the privilege of hearing this preacher, never keep quiet. Because there are a lot of people right now who are saying, where is God? What is happening? Faith is clear. They, they are literally battling with a love. That's why some of us cannot afford to keep quiet. If God spares your life and God has been good to you in a little way, child of God, turn that goodness into a ministry. Oh God. Turn that goodness into a ministry. Reconcile men back to Christ. This is not the time for us to play around with faith. Yeah, listen, this has nothing to do with money. Listen, there are a lot of things right now. You know, my wife will testify. I sat down on the sofa this morning. I was allowing the Holy Ghost minister certain things to me. Minister certain things to me. Because there are times when you cannot draw strength from the physical expressions out there. You draw strength from the things of the Spirit. At times you keep mute and you know that God is God. That's why at times as a child of God, don't always think your source of strength is where every other person is trying to run to. There are certain times you will draw. You stay back. You stay back. Not because you don't know what to say. You want to be endued with power from on high. And that's why some of these words coming to you this morning. Every Christian will be privileged to listen to this. If God 
somebody has been good to you in any form, never ever keep mute and say you don't have what you can use to reconcile men unto Christ. It's not everyone that would find a pulpit to preach, but God has mandated every one of us to preach. Who told you pulpit was a qualification for you to be a preacher? Tell me where it was written. Tell me which pulpit Jesus himself had for him to preach. The Bible says everywhere he went, he was preaching. He was preaching. There was no social media. There was no pupit. There was no translation of the, of the Bible into multiple scriptures. But man, that guy was a preacher. And who am I talking to? I'm talking about Jesus. So when you look at yourself and you want to define yourself by the binoculars of your countries, your Lord, listen, when that trumpet blows, nationality would not matter. I hope you all can, you can hear me this morning. When that trumpet, when that trumpet blows, your, your nationality will be the last thing on your mind. These are the days of the sons of God to be preachers, to preach love, to preach the, the unity of faith, to preach the, the, the standards that Jesus laid for us. It should never be that you would, you would step close to a church and you will not feel the presence of God. Not in this day and age anymore. Listen, there are a lot of things that the adversary is throwing left, right, and center. Every day I have to battle a lot of things by faith. Every day. Certain things I'm not even talking about yet. There, some days ago I had, I had this very strange, very one of the strangest revelations in my walk as a Christian. Till today I've not shared it with anyone. You know one of those nights that you wake up and you're like, it will take a fool. As a matter of fact, that's what the Bible says. Only a fool says that there is no God. And I'm not here trying to insult anyone. It will really take a fool to say God does not exist. It will take one. There are certain times when we need to put it to rest and say it the way it is. For the glory of God to, see, to be seen on the face of the world, the sons of God cannot be taken back rest. You cannot. It, it's, not, it's, not, it's not. So when we're talking about like father, like sons, it's not, we're not trying to motivate or trying to. No, 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 no. When God speaks, it's the moment of truth. He's not trying to test the waters. God means what he says, and that inclusive of what he has said concerning you, whether you are male or female, whether you are American, British, or whatever nationality, because that's another thing that, you know, I'm talking about nationalities because, listen, Christians, we are not of this world. You might be privileged to be in the States where maybe things look a bit rosy, and some of us are, are here in Africa. It, that does not change anything. That's why I said, when that trumpet blows, you will understand. Because when the Bible says, gross darkness shall rule everywhere, by that time, nationality would not matter. Because if some of us have eyes in the spirit, you will understand that darkness knows no nationality. When light is taken off of a place, it does not matter which part of the planet you are. Once light is taken away, when the sun goes down, night is night everywhere. Ask those that live in, the, in wherever they live. When the sun goes down, does, does it still remain bright? That's why we cannot afford to think. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to say something very heavy. Any Christian in the last days that is not walking with the Holy Ghost, <laughs> you are sitting on a, on, a, on a gunpowder. And what do I mean? Listen, you don't even have to be raising people from the dead. But you his ministry, you have to stay in a place whereby you can hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. I hope you all can hear me. If you have not grown to that point where or someone has not taught you that point, because listen, in these last days, you cannot make decisions head first. 
I've said that, said that, said that. There are certain moves you will make even as a Christian in these last days. It will not make sense, but it will make faith. That's why if you are waiting until you have a pupit before you preach, rapture might just come and you would never have that pupit. How about that? If you're waiting for the right moment to set in before you magnify the ministry of reconciliation or before you magnify the things of God in your life, listen, I'm not here being a prophet of doom. The Bible says, test your spirit. The Zen way I'm speaking from. If you've seen what some of us have seen, I'm, listen, my wife is here. She can tell you. I still told her yesterday, there is a burden I have. I cannot even discuss it with you. There is something in my spirit that is not letting go. And that's the reason why some of us are preaching this way. Listen, the goal of this is to see men. Listen, I want to be in that congregation whereby I would hear men talk about their experience with God. It will push me back to the place of prayer and say, Lord, if this blood can talk about you like this, I also want to have the same experience. And when such things start happen, how will the ministry of reconciliation not be seen? Whereby when men will run to the altar, run, run to the altar and say, you know what, take me to God. Bible says in the days of power, men will be willing. When God steps in the midst of blind people, all of them will know that somebody entered. You don't have to, listen, when you walk with God, you don't have to introduce him. You might have never heard that before. When you walk with God, you don't have to introduce God. God has never stepped into any place before that you will not see his traits. They will know something is different. They might not know what it is. They, they might not know. They might not have. When I talk about introduction, that you say, oh, God is here. God is. No, 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 no. When God steps into a place, even the dead will know something has happened. The Bible says when, when, when we're talking about the prophecy of Jesus in hell, the Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up for who is coming in. He says, for the king of glory, the gates of their own accord lifted up. Listen, that is the trait that we are meant to have as Christians. We are not just Christians on this life only. We are not. We are not. A phrase in the Bible, the Bible so, came to my spirit, so it, I think last two days or so, the Bible says, when John baptized Jesus, listen to this, every Christian. The Bible said, when John baptized Jesus, a voice, a voice, Hey, God, a voice. Nobody, nobody saw anything. The Bible just said a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Something physical happened on the earth. A voice was heard from heaven. And listen, that's not the first time. When Paul and Silas were praying in the, in the jail where they were in prison, the Bible said there was an earthquake. The Bible said there was an earthquake. When, when Paul and Silas got back to the home of the people that were praying for them to be released, nobody testified that they had any earthquake. So that means the earthquakes, but it was only in a place where some people were. Listen, because of you, some natural things can happen. For, for certain things to be preserved, it will be those around you that will know that something happened. Because the Bible never told us where they were praying, they experienced the earthquake. It was only in the prison. The Bible said that earthquake happened. So you see, you know, somebody once said that when you are ready to leave, you will change your house address. That, that has blessed me. It was one of those sermons that I listened to. He said, when a Christian is ready to leave, 
you will change your house address. And I don't mean that you physically, <laughs> you physically uh, go to property 24, start looking for a new house. No. That's why when you read 2 Corinthians in verse 6 that we read, he says in him, he said, I will live in them. They shall live in me. So when as Christians, when we are ready to leave, we will change our house address. You should know where I'm talking about. We need that way. We need to leave. The Bible says your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let's keep reading. I think I'm going to, I'm going to stop here. Verse 18. Verse 18. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling to the, the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us, has committed what unto us, has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Did you see that? As committed unto us. As committed unto us. What does it mean to commit something? He has taken it from where it was, the first pass that was used, taken it and then what? Committed it unto your hands. So that's why when I say God, heaven is expectant for a lot, a lot, a lot. There is a lot we can do, Christians. There is a lot we can do. There is a lot we can do with the life that we have. There is a lot. The truth about it is men are supposed to see every Christian and be coming around because there is just this light. This light. That's what Jesus told us. He said you are the salt of the world. That you are the light of the world. Men are supposed to be pulling, coming around to us. Coming around. Coming around. So that every time we minister either through by songs, either through by prayer, by, by, by word, men are supposed to be coming around. Men, coming around to say, you know what? I want to be a part of this. When they see the way we live our lives, that's the ministry of reconciliation. Every child of God has it. That's why you cannot. The ministry of reconciliation, what does it do? It allows you to open up your mouth or to display whatever it is that God has glorified you with or blessed you with. So that through those things, men are brought back to Christ. Men are reconciled back to, to, to Christ. It's not just going to be that when we go to church, on where we, we there is a there is I know there are various churches around which the Bible calls all of us one body. Some of us are here. Some of us will be in another uh, location. Even eventually, when 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 the, the ministries or various ministries get bigger, irrespective of the size, it's still one body, and it's supposed to be one body. You know, as Ephesians says, at the unity of faith, unity of faith. That's why we cannot afford to. We cannot afford to. The preaching of the word has to be done with power. It has to be, the display has to be seen. It has to be something that every day we go back to examine ourselves to ensure that faith is still in the sea. The Bible says, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. And what exactly does that mean when it says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation? It means the same thing God gave to Christ. The same thing God gave to Christ, now he has given it unto us. So that's why when the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ, joint, there is nothing Christ has that a Christian does not have today. I hope you all can hear that. If you're right, put that down. There is nothing Christ has that a Christian does not have today. That's why you know, there are quite a lot of things that would be more like... <laughs> You know, surprises when that time comes. And I'm going to say that again. There is nothing Jesus has today that a Christian does not have. Let that, let that be one of those words you put. 
at the forefront of your heart and your spirit. The days when the devil is trying to throw all those lies and all those things to make you always use those words to fight back. And as I said, the only fight that the Bible has instructed us to fight as Christians is the fight of faith. Is the fight of faith. So when you want to act like God, you must be ready to have the faith of God. I hope you, you heard what I said. You must be ready to let that faith be in you. And that's that faith that says that, you know what, you are not going to give up on the things of the kingdom. You are not going to give up on, on, on the things of God. You are in this to the very end. You are in this to the very end. You are in this to the very end. Every day you say to yourself, you know what, you know, it's part of my confession pack. And I know I've said this before, if God can succeed with Joseph, he can succeed with me. If God can succeed with Moses, he can succeed with me. If God can succeed with Jesus, he is succeeding with me. Those are part of my confession packs. To make you understand that, come, well, the Bible says we have, we have, we have a host, the saints in heaven. They are looking down at some of us and cheering on and saying, come on, ride on. We can do it. We can do it. And at times, what some of you might not know is that when, when you are part of a, a unit like this, you know, your, your, your attitude, your commitment, your, your, your faith at times is what would encourage another person's faith to say, you know what, let's keep giving on. Let, let's keep moving on. The days you don't want to show up for meetings, the days when you're having to, you know, all those things matters as well. Nobody ever told us how the, the five virgins that were wise, how they, they, they managed to get one extra oil. You never can tell. Maybe it was one of the five that was in that group that had the revelation and shared it with the other four. And that was just the only thing that preserved the other five. I hope what I said just made sense. But I just shared something, something profound right there. That's why, please, if you're in, you in a congregation or if you're in a community, community of brethren or you have a, a, a saint or a, 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 a ministerial family, even if it's a, a, as little as a cell, three, four, five, always encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself with the words you hear there. Check up on the other one. If somebody has not been, and I'm saying this, listen, by the time we, we, we get to that level whereby some things are more open, you know, the pupil ministry and all those things come on board. There are some very controversial things that I'm going to let out. And don't be surprised if you, if you don't ever see me preach on the pupil. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. To, for to preach, I can assure you I will still keep preaching. Whether you see me eventually on the pupil or not, it's not the issue. But one thing I'm, I'm very sure about is the word of the Lord is strong and mighty, powerful, piercing, piercing. Whether it's preached digitally, whether it's preached through whatever medium, that's why at the end of the day, nobody has an excuse not to get the word in their, in their system. And please, I think I want to stop here. It's pretty much, I think just that one question fired up a cylinder or fired up, you know, everything, you know, this morning. But to be honest, I, I really, I really, I am praying to God for, for, for grace. I understand it has to do by grace or it has to, grace plays a whole lot of factor. At the, at the same time, faith and grace, yes, they are more like best of friends. But there is such a thing that, there's such a thing as what grace, the grace of God can do in the man, in the life of a man. I want to preach the gospel. That's the truth. I want to preach it so, so big, so not because of fame or anything, but such that somebody can be in their house and say, wow, thank God I heard that word. Thank God. 
because some of our some of our generals in the kingdom, some of them are growing old already. Some of them are passing on. There has to be people who would ready to take the baton. If you watch very well with the eyes of the prophetic, if you see things, some of these men are growing, growing, growing old already, and it does not look as if things are getting better. Let me let me borrow that word for the reason of what I'm saying. You know, I'm not the negative kind of preacher, but the truth is, when you check the word right now, it's like <laughs> if you don't have, if you don't, have, if your faith is not on solid rock in this day and age, my brothers you are going to go through a lot. Let me put it that way. If your faith is not on solid rock, I still read it before this, this morning, 2 Timothy 3. In the last days, there will be perilous times. It will be hard to be a Christian. That's what 2 Timothy 3 1 says. That's why I, I want every one of you, make sure you are around for meetings. Whenever we have meetings, wherever we have recordings, go back, listen to them, listen to them, read the word, study, pray, pray in tongues, do all you have to do to make sure your faith is up. And always make sure that you are a vessel. Whatever happens, you are a vessel that men would always see the glory of God in. Trust me. It looks like we are shouting, we are screaming. <laughs> we are shouting, we are screaming, we are doing all of that. You know, I read the comments when uh, uh, they talked about in, I think, Louisiana. Um, I think I saw it last night or very early this morning. There was a green sky. For some reason, all of the sky was just green. And they were trying to talk about some scientific research and all of that. And somebody put a scripture there. Yeah, I think it was somewhere in Luke 12 where Jesus said, all of the signs will be everywhere. All of the signs will be everywhere. Even Jesus himself says, nobody knows the hour when the Father will come. But all of the signs will be everywhere. And he talked about even the skies changing colors. A lot of things will be there to point to the signs that come. We are in uh, prophetic times. And somebody put there that they've been saying Jesus will come for like for, for 200 years now he has not showed up. And I looked at that comment and I laughed. First things first, even if the trumpet does not blow in your lifetime, if you die before the trumpet blows and you are not in Christ, you are still in trouble. And, and I learned that, I've always said it, I learned that from my Sunday school teacher, you know, when I was in very young then and we still used to go to Sunday school. For some reason that word just, it just stopped. You know, your Jesus has come the day you die. Period. That was that was how the man pre could preach his own gospel. The day you leave this earth, that is the day your own Jesus has come. So when someone comes and says, uh, they've been saying Jesus will come and he hasn't come. Only a fool will say in his heart that there is no God. And I'm not I'm not one of those preachers who would listen, God does exist. Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't let anybody I'm not saying this to try to be a best preacher. Right? Listen. Don't be unwise. God does exist. He does. All of these things you're seeing here, there are a lot of things that can prove his existence. He might not say anything. As a matter of fact, what I'm talking about, maybe one of these is I'm, I, would, I would teach about it. If you read Exodus 12, you know, Exodus, as a matter of fact, Pastor Father, quickly go there. I'm going to round up with that. So that some of you will understand that there are certain, there are certain, um, Permit me not the right words. There are certain meditations that some of us have been having. <laughs> so when you see us preaching like this, you, you don't, don't think it is because uh, something just happened. Uh, yeah, Exodus 12, I'm correct. Go all the way to, yeah, verse 40. Exodus 12, verse 40, just that line. The Bible said, and the sojourning, that is the timing 
of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was a period of 430 years. You know, I've once told to you that when you read scriptures, there are times when the matured will, in what God is saying, what has he not said? For, I don't even know, what, I know what led me to this scripture. But when I read it, I said, so just because God wanted his promise to be fulfilled, these 430 years, God did not speak one word. For 430 years, God did not speak. So God watched how the first family went to Egypt. And that was through Joseph. But because of his ultimate goal, what he wanted to promise Abraham. So God's promises to Abraham, the fulfillment of everything, God was mute because in these 430 years, from the first year, maybe they had been somebody preaching or talking or somebody. What am I trying to say? When God is silent, don't take God's silence as God's absence. He can be silent for 430 years. So when you now see Moses show up 430 years later, you think he started yesterday. He did not start yesterday. So some, obviously some generations will have passed, some things might have happened, but even the generation that passed in the 430 years, they were also in the promise of what God said. So that's why we have to be very, 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 very careful. Don't let anybody tell you God does not exist because you are within the generation of his silence. What I'm sharing with you right now are some very, very deep meditations that I had some like weeks back. So eventually when it happens, that's why eventually when Moses came, there was no, there was no, there was no mercy for the children of Israel, for the, for the Egyptians, because they had been doing it for 430 years. And that's why the Holy Spirit told me, I think last year, when I was questioning about certain things, it was, when, it, when talking about our time now, the age where we live, and it says, God's, the, the way he put it, God's silence is disguised as grace. So you just keep preaching. There was a way I put it down in my sermon notes. Because you see people right now acting as if there, there is no single fear for God. People just want to kill at will. People want to rob. People want to do all things. People want to, people want to live according to their own dictates. And I was like, okay, what exactly is going on? And I will never forget that morning. He says, if God is silent, it's just another way of his grace at disguised. His, his grace is just disguising as mute. Those were his words. When God's grace is disguising as being mute. And when that word came to my spirit, I stopped asking God questions about it. Listen, if you're here listening to me or you, you know anyone whose ways are not right with God, you can recommend what this preacher is saying to them. Don't think God does not see you evildoers. Whatever evil you are planning or whatever things you are doing, God does not want you to go down that way. God does not delight in the death of the wicked. I saw that scripture recently. He does not. God loves the sinner but hates sin. God loves everybody. But don't take his grace for granted. Don't take his grace don't take the grace of God as weakness. There are people right now who normally their commitment to church, commitment to the things of God has nosedived. 
And God is not going to force you. God is not, I'm not here, I, I, I'm not here trying to tell you God is, I, I would never ever do that. If you are here, you are listening to, please record, I don't know why these words are coming out this morning. If, if, if your commitment to God is nose diving, listen, pull yourself back. If you have to go to your pastor's house, if you have, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, if your prayer life is diving, if all those things are diving, it's, 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 a, it's a big trap. And I'm saying this as well, even as a preacher of the word. When your goal to preach the word is not, when your zeal for the things of God is diving and the Holy Ghost is checking you on it, it is, the Bible says, whom the Father loves, he chastises. If God's word of correction is still coming to you, sinner out there, whatever it is that you do, it is his love reaching out to you. It is not to, 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 to make you condemn or anything. If you are still privileged to be able to hear the undiluted word of God, the love of God coming to you, the Bible says, whom the Father loves is the one that he chastises. If the grace of God is, is mute in your life, just allowing all those days to pass, you are waking up, nothing is happening. You are inhaling, you are, everything is fine. And I'm not here saying any negative things will happen. I'm trying to tell you that, hey, it's just like the way, you know, one of my awesome, um, 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 someone that we, I know we, we've served on that before once described it. It's just like when you put off a fan. The day you put off a fan is not the day it's going to stop rolling. If you put off the fan and power leaves that fan, the blades will still keep rolling. It will still keep rolling. But power has left. It is when it eventually stops that you know. But those of us who, 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 have, who understand how it works, from the day when power leaves, you can pull yourself back. Don't wait until the blade stops rolling. Because by that time, what should be the source that will generate power? They might have packed everything away and you, are not be, you will not be able to connect to the source of power. That's why when you look at people living their lives, thinking they are too busy for the things of God, it's not, it's not, it's not a right way to live your life. I would never ever, don't ever rush to God when you are in crisis. Don't. That was not how God designed us to live in him. Don't go to God when you are in crisis. Yes, you can. He's not, going to, he's not telling you to stop. But I'm telling you, that is not the best way to live. Every Christian, we, 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 are, we are big. We are. And we are not big because of our titles. Listen, I can be a pastor. I would never ever forget. Listen, I, I hope I don't, I, don't, I don't break down emotionally this morning. One of the revelations God showed me, I would never ever forget. It's one of the reasons why I am, I am, I am mute to physical things when it comes to the things of the kingdom. Because the truth is, you can have a, you can have a stadia filled with people, ministry is packed. Listen, if God is not in that place, you are in big trouble. Because the truth about it is, it, it's, not, it's not for the things of the kingdom, you, you, you cannot edge God out. You cannot. You cannot edge God out of what he is the one that controls, he is the head of the, of the house. That's why I said in one of the series where we taught some days ago, anything with two head is a freak. It's not, a, it's not, it's not anything that is two head. Somebody has to be the head. Someone has to be the head. And I'm saying this, you don't have to be a pastor or have mega ministry. Even in your life, someone has to be the head. 
you you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot choose when you want to do certain things and choose when you want to as if you turn it off and on. If you are here under the sound of my voice, even if walk, if walk is to never be too busy for God. Never listen. Never be too busy for God. Never. Don't ever let that be in your in your in your resume. So that when they check the list, when they check the list, it will be written there that once upon a time he was busy for the things of the kingdom. Never add that to your CV. Never. Listen, we are in days and times whereby God is not going to send, uh, God is not going to send a whale to swallow any prophet that he has told to preach anymore. He's not going to do that. He's not going to send any storm. He's not going to send any Amorites to go the, the way he dealt with the children of Israel and all of that. That is the beauty of the, of the dispensation that we are in. But at the same time, whom the Father loves, he will chastise. God is not going to... Anybody coming to tell you God is going to kill you, God is going to do all of that, mm -mm. God is not interested in such ways anymore. Why? Because for him to do that would negate everything Jesus has done. And God is not an author of confusion. But at the same time, the Bible says, that same God that says he's not going to force anything, he says, if you love me, it's not going to be by what you say. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Period. Your, 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 show, your proof of God's love is as simple as keep what he has said. He has not asked us for anything more. But in return, everything he has, he has given to us. When someone comes to you and says, say yes, say yes, say yes, you don't necessarily have to say no. You can also choose not to say anything. Silence also is a conscience. You're not saying anything. You're not doing anything. You've also given a concept as well. Listen, we are in that day and time whereby, you know, we said we had truth conference some days ago. You know, I really wish this was an interactive, like, you know, I said, not interactive. I know we have, we've had interactive sessions, but I really wish we could, like, meet in person, you know, because, you know, I said certain things to myself some days ago. If I come to this world and I live the same way I came, and not just to me, everyone that is connected to me, there has to be, we all have to leave something and leave a legacy, leave something that eventually, the Bible says the things we do in God, I've read that scripture to multiple, multiple times here, the things we do for God, yes, in Revelation, are the things that would follow us to the grave. My wife is here. We, we are, we are hardworking people. She can tell. I know she's very hardworking. I was up all night till 11 o'clock. We're, we're, we're having, we had to walk. Not even ministry work right now. We have to. There are certain projects for some of our companies that we run. Some of them in South Africa, some of them outside South Africa that we had to coordinate till, till 11 p.m. yesterday. Load sharing happened this morning. I still had to one fix one or two things, and this morning I still had to push out that whatever happens, we have to preach the word. It is easy for me to also say, you know what? I want to throw in the towel. It is easy. It is very very easy. Some of you don't know. The fact that God said something concerning you doesn't mean it has to happen. Because in the New Testament, your consent, your, your cooperation is also needed. If God says you are going to be a great preacher, if you decide you don't want to be, he's not going to force you. Read the scriptures. The scriptures shows people who God wanted certain things for them. They did not want to do it. And God just said, okay, it's fine. He looked for someone else. That's why I keep saying, 
Mary, Mary, we don't know the story, but I'm sure maybe you, you not let me not say I'm sure because the Bible never gave us information, but you don't be surprised that the angel went to meet multiple women before Mary. The only difference was that Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, period. So your availability for God determines his manifestation in your life as well. I hope you all can hear me. Your availability for the things of God, it has a good impact on his manifestation as well. Because the Bible says it. If you read the book of Job, it's there. He said, draw unto me and I will draw near unto you. It's a mutual thing. So when we are talking about like father, like sons, we have to be on the same page, especially with the Holy Ghost. Listen, I'm going to say this and I'm going to end with this because I need to stop here. When the Bible talked about the Holy Ghost being frustrated, read, every one of you, I'm giving you that as an assignment. The first period when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being frustrated, God was not talking about the unbelievers. I'm going to let that sink. When the Bible talks about do not frustrate the Holy Ghost, he was talking about his, his Christians. Christians, Because it's, an unbeliever cannot frustrate the Holy Ghost. And what does it mean? When the Bible says, maybe one of these days I might do a study on it and teach. What does it mean to frustrate the Holy Ghost? It's not you going and saying, I want to frustrate the Holy Ghost. It is in, in the acts, what we do. That does not sink because he's the Holy Spirit. He, by, by the sovereign written will of God, he is meant to live on the inside of us. But when our acts are not consistent with the scriptures, then frustration sets in for him. It's not like you are in a relationship with someone you love, but the attitude is not right and you know you can't live. Exactly. He can't live because the Bible says the gift of God are without repentance. God would never take his, he would never, we are not David. Where David would pray and say, do not take your spirit away from me. A Christian should not pray like that. God's spirit cannot be taken away from us. Because the Bible says his gifts and callings are without repentance. And the Holy Ghost is part of the gift. But child of God, with your attitude, you can frustrate the Holy Ghost. And some of us, a lot of people don't even know that. That's why the teaching ministry is needed. This is not the time. Let's come down from all those I horses. Study the word, understand it, teach it to people. The moment church is over, a lot of Christians for they totally forget who they are. And even to get them, you know, I, I heard someone talk. It's more like when you come to church, you know. If I call his name, I'm sure a lot of people will know him. Is when you come to church, the first one hour is like you are raising the dead. When a pastor starts to complain like that, he's talking to you the mind of the Holy Ghost. You have a two-hour service, and the moment you come, your first one hour of the service, you are trying to raise the dead. Some of you might not know what it Right there when I, when I heard that, my spirit resonated in it. Listen, you are not meant to come to service. It's supposed to be the... You don't understand. Faith is mixing with faith. You are, you are, you are, you are stirred before you come to church. Not that you come, that the, the praise and worship will first need to stir you up because you've leaked from Monday to Friday. The first one hour of the service, they have to stir you up. And then the other hour, maybe half of the congregation is up to receive the word. Listen, your approach to the things of God 
The Bible says the things that you think are in darkness, it's going to be revealed like this. It's like light unto him. Don't act as a Christian. Be a Christian. The life of a Christian is not one that comes on when the cameras and the lights are on. That is acting. When the cameras and the lights are off, you are who you are. Even when the Sunday services and everything comes, you are who you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning's teaching. And Lord, I pray for every Christian, every individual here listening to this, who has heard this, even in this closing of the series of Like Father, Like Sons. Lord, we pray that your spirit rests on this teaching and it is strength to anyone out there struggling. And Lord, as a ministry, even in our days of humble beginnings, Lord, as the vessel here, I pray for your grace and I pray for your clarity of vision such that all that would happen even in this fold will make heaven proud. Lord, I pray that the ministry of reconciliation, which we now all have as Christians, is evident. I pray for those in business, that through their business, men will see God. I pray for those that are even employers of of labor or those who work, that through all that they do, God will be seen, God will be manifested. And I decree that in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, say unto the righteous it is well. Lord, even in these days that we are in, with various news or various things happening all in the world, I prophetically speak your word into the lives of everyone listening to this, and I decree that it is well. The peace of God holds your home. The peace of God holds your life. The peace of God holds. Shalom is what I speak. Peace is what I speak to everything that concerns every one of you. And Lord, I pray for those that are also not here due to one reason or the other. And I decree in the name of Jesus, the same word would go into their spirit. I send these words into their spirit and I pray that it is well. For, 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 for the lady whose mom is a bit strong, I pray for her and I decree in the name of Jesus, healing wings right now. The Bible says, by his stripes we are made whole. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the healing wings of the Lord touches her wherever she is. I send those healing wings to her right now and I decree she is well. Lord, we say thank you. Lord, as we proceed, as we continue in the journey of faith, I pray that men will grow in the things of God. Men will grow in faith. Everything around us testify of the goodness of God, even in the land of the living. All this we pray and would ask in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word.